Hi, I'm Miranda Wright with HOWC Ministries. To learn more about our ministries, please visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com. And David put his hand in his bag and took thence a stone and a sling and smote the Philistine in the forehead. And the stone sunk into his forehead and he fell on his face to the ground. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and with a stone and smote the Philistine and slew him. But there was no sword in the hand of David. Therefore David ran and stood upon the Philistine and took his sword and drew it out of the sheath thereof and slew him and cut off his head therewith. And when the Philistines saw that their champion was dead, they fled. 1 Samuel chapter 17, verses 49 through 51. Little David had sat alone for many years, tending to his father's sheep, learning to work with the stone and the sling, and building his faith in its ability. Of course, we know that the rock in this fight represents Christ. For David himself says in Psalms chapter 18, verse 31, Who is God but our Lord, and who is a rock but our God? David had spent much time alone in the wilderness learning these lessons being taught and led by the Holy Spirit through his humble circumstances, so that when the time came, David was ready to face the defiant giant alone with just his stone. David stood there with faith in God because that he had known him in the quiet times and in the trials and attacks so that now he could have all confidence that he would be with him as he defended the flocks yet again. Only this time it would be the greater flock of Israel, God's congregation. And of course, God never fails, so that not only did the giant fall, but that in the process of it, David gained a sword in this fight. The giant had meant to kill David, but he stood in sheer faith and God brought a victory that caused David to gain a sword from the attack of this enemy so that we can now see that oftentimes the provision from battles can be more valuable than the actual victory. Do you see what I'm saying? Because according to scripture, the sword represents the word. And I can tell you with all surety, my friend, that in my life, I have gotten into spiritual fights, trusting in God, knowing that he was with me, obeyed in total blind faith and seen him take down huge enemies. Oh, my friend, believe me. The defiant giants still fall under the rock of our salvation. 
For Jesus himself says this in Matthew chapter 21, verse 44, whosoever shall fall on this stone shall be broken. But on whomsoever this stone shall fall, it will grind him to powder. So yes, our God and our King is mighty to save. Faithful, strong, true, more than able to defend you. He is faithful. So you don't have to understand, you just have to trust him. You have to be willing to put down your own will and logic and understanding and desire for acceptance and follow him into that wilderness. And if you find yourself facing a giant in the process, stand on what he says because he is more than willing to do the impossible to validate it. He's done it for me time and time and time and time again. Yet though I did not understand at the moment and I had to take some steps in blind faith, it was in these battles that God began to open up the word and reveal things to me that gave me such great revelation and understanding that I would then take with me into future battles. The enemy meant to destroy me, but in the attacks, I gained a sword. When David fought Goliath, he stood in faith with his rock. But in the physical, he stood alone. Yet later, would he then take the sword that he gained in that battle and lead others into victory in their own battles? Oh, get this in your spirit because many of the battles in my early years were faced in faith, physically alone. Oh, but my rock was with me. Yet the revelations that I gained in those battles, as the Lord opened up his word to me to show me the timeless tactics of the enemy, would I later use to lead others into their victory? So faithful is our God and King. Not only does he fight for us, not only does he defeat impossible enemies, but in the process, he teaches us eternally valuable things that will allow us to help lead others into even bigger victories. We are truly the children of the King. He does so much for us. Yet does he do it in a way that teaches us and grows us, that increases understanding and prepares us for the kingship that awaits us in the place of promise, just like he did for little David. And the priest said, The sword of Goliath the Philistine, whom thou slayed, In the valley of Elah, behold, it is here, wrapped in a cloth behind the ephod. If thou wilt take that, take it, for there is no other except for that one here. And David said, there is no other like that one. Give me that sword. 
Oh, Lord, help us to see the value in the battles that you have brought us through, the things that we have gained, the lessons learned, the way you opened up the word, how you became so real to us, how you proved your word true, how you established confidence in us for you. I can only imagine that throughout all of the battles and trials of David's life, that he constantly looked back to that first fight, the things that he learned, the faith that it stirred. Oh Lord, we are so grateful that you don't leave us in fields of plenty, but that you are willing to lead us into battles and wildernesses and valleys of impossibility that our faith might be exercised and tested and strengthened, that grace might be proven, that we might be grown and others through us. And in seeing the great value in the things that we have learned, Lord, let us also be willing to forgive, just like Joseph did when his brothers came to him And said, we know that you will probably kill us because we did such horrible things to you. We sold you into slavery and now you are a mighty ruler. The Lord has shown favor on you. And Joseph replied and said, no, no, don't worry. What you did, the enemy meant for harm. But God allowed it for the good. That others might be saved through what I endured. Oh, Lord, let us have that kind of faith and selflessness and patience. Let us be humble, yet courageous. Let us be more like the patriarchs that we read on the pages of Scripture. And less like the selfish celebrity wannabe entitled, Please Me, Serve Me, Validate Me, Modern Perversion of Christianity. That's not who you are. That's not what you taught us. That's not the example that Jesus suffered to leave us. Oh, Lord, strengthen us to endure our gardens of Gethsemanes, our difficult moments when we have to say, Lord, not my will, but thy will be done. I trust you even when I don't understand what you're doing, because I know that eventually you will make it make sense. You are good, you are just, and your ways are perfect. They may be higher than our ways. Your thoughts may be far beyond even our comprehension. Yet am I convinced of this, that you do work all things together for the good of those who love you and are called according to your purpose. So let us lay down our purpose, our will, our life, and surrender to yours to pick up our cross and follow after you, no matter the cost. Even if we have to face some battles and some giants in the process, we're going to get some swords and some rewards out of it because faithful is our God 
who has promised. And faithful is our God who has delivered us. And faithful is our God who will fulfill all of his covenants. No one wants to go through battles, but everyone wants deep revelation and anointing. But anointing comes to those who abide, remain, endure through trial and pain. Revelation comes to those who stand in faith on the word of God until they overcome. Revelations chapter 2 verse 17 says this, the words of Jesus himself unto the churches. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit of the Lord saith unto the churches. To him that overcometh, I will give to eat of the hidden manna. Jesus, of course, is the manna. He is the bread of life. But throughout scripture, it has represented his word. Jesus is the word made flesh. So we understand that they are interconnected. But nevertheless, we are fed in our spirit by the bread of heaven. And he's willing to release to us the hidden manna. But only to those who overcome. And how can you overcome unless you're willing to face some giants? passage continues to say, I will give them of the hidden manna and I will give them a white stone and in the stone, a new name written, which no man knoweth except he that receiveth it. So what is this stone that we are given? Oh, I still see the image of little David getting ready to face that giant. Because as David said in the Psalms, who is a rock? but our Lord. Oh, thank you, God, for all that you do and all that you are. Give us a heart that is willing to endure. Thank you that you are with us through every fight. Thank you for the provision that it releases to us and through us, even unto future generations, just like it did for little David. We are still sharpening the sword that was gained through that battle. And let others do the same for the swords that we gain through our trials. Because you see where this passage in the book of Revelation was given, it was right after Jesus addressed an issue of false doctrine. He was speaking to the churches and telling them, you're doing these things right. You claim my name. You are willing to stand in faith, even against persecution, in the very face of Satan. But yet there are those among you who are teaching false doctrine. There's a sword that won't cut, that won't defend, that won't stand against the giants in the midst. But if you will repent, turn away from it, and particularly the doctrine he was speaking of was one that said that they could keep their sin and still get into heaven, that they could cease to stand against those defiant giants speaking lies and pride and flattery and fluff and ease and telling them that it would be okay to let the enemy overtake them. 
Jesus warned them this is false doctrine. Come out of alignment. Wield the real sword of the word of the Lord and repent. And I will give you a stone just like I did to little David. Because David had the faith to know that God could take down any giant. That nothing was impossible for him. And that if we stand in the name of the Lord God Almighty, then every power, principality, stronghold, temptation, sin, oppression, and demonic influence must fall to it. He believed that no matter how big the enemy or how impossible it might seem, God could overcome and bring victory. So in the book of Revelations, when Jesus speaks to the churches who have lost this level of faith in his ability, he tells them to put away this unbelief, this lie of the enemy, to stand and to believe again that they might overcome sin. And that if they do this, they will receive deeper revelation, hidden manna, the sword. The provision from battle and a stone. Step out in faith, face the enemy, and overcome. A 12-year-old child named David had the faith to do this because he knew he wasn't doing it alone. So whatever the giant is in your life, whatever you are facing, whatever trial or temptation, you better do like David. Stand in faith. In the power of your king. And say you might come against me. With shield and with spear. But I come. In the name. Of the Lord. This message was brought to you. By HOWC Ministries. To learn more about our ministries. Please visit us online. At heartofworshipchurch.com